You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 171. Today, we're giving you a compilation of the best of the PT Profit Podcast in the past year. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Beverly Simpson, former fitness manager turned online personal training business owner. And this podcast is where smart fitness professionals, including trainers and clinicians, discover how to increase client performance in movement, package and position their products and services and get out of their own way so that they can increase their revenue to live a life that they love without sleazy sales. Welcome to the PT Profit Podcast. What's up, coach? Thank you so much for pushing play on another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Simpson. And as you can hear, <laughs> my voice is a little bit under the weather. My voice has a cold. Actually, it doesn't really. It's just the truth is that I filmed an entire course last week and I also did on top of a bunch of teaching. And so my voice has just started to go and I, I thought it would get better. But the truth is that it just needs a little bit more time to rest, which actually the timing is perfect because ever since I brought on my podcast manager, the content manager, Chris, who whom you'll hear in this episode, we have really brought on some incredible guests to the show just in the past six months, let alone the past year. And so because of that, we have seen some incredible growth inside of the podcast, which means that if you're new around here, then you might have missed some of these golden nuggets. And we're also testing out new things. We're testing out new ways to to share the message and to help people learn, sharpen the saw and get better at marketing, especially someone like you who I know cares about the science of training. And we've got some incredible guests coming up for you. And so for today's episode, what we've decided to do is really compile a list or compile some really incredible nuggets from the past years, just in case you missed it. We've put this together. And so this is so you do not have to listen to me croak on this podcast for blah, blah, blah for 30 to 60 minutes. And if especially if you're also new. So here is a best of series episode. And I am going to go ahead and let Chris take the rein so you don't have to listen to my froggy voice. Hello, PT Profit Podcast listeners. My name is Chris Little. You can get to know me better by going back through the episodes, find the one with my name on it. I didn't feature it in this compilation because I just thought that would uh, be a little bit too full of myself. And I wanted to give you as much value in this episode as possible. So a little bit of backstory on me as to what brought me to working with Beverly is we connected through mutual friends, Kyle Dobbs and Matt Domney. And I have always had a passion for social media and my own podcast called The Lifestyle Chase. Through that experience, I have learned how to communicate with my clients. I am also an online and in-person coach presently. And by embracing the ability to storytell and communicate, it has definitely helped my career. And so by going over some of these episode highlights from 2022, we hope to give you lots of takeaways that you can apply in the next week. 
The first guest that I'm going to feature in this best of episode is Dr. Andy Chen, aka just Andy Chen. He has built his brand, he's built his business on a moment. He often talks about this is your moment in regards to the other professionals that he works with in his mentorship or even the people who are looking to better their health and better their quality of life. And through this snippet of his episode with Beverly, he talks about a little bit of a risk that he took where there was some uncertainty and just a little bit of hesitation as to was this a good idea? Was this the right way to do it or not? And we can zoom out from this moment in time that it was recorded, look to his career now, follow him on social media and understand that it did work out, that it is normal to feel a little bit of fear and a little bit of hesitancy. But if you apply yourself and if you put yourself out there and if you take things one step at a time, it will work out. So enjoy this little snippet with Andy and Beverly. So now you opened up this practice in person in the last six months? Yeah, past six months. <laughs> wow, that must have been an intense experience. It's, uh, it, it was a learning curve. And I think there's, a certain, there's certain rules in operating in New York City that are just different than rules elsewhere. So for instance, I had no idea getting your, uh, your personal, P, your PC, professional uh, company. I didn't know that took about three to four months to form. So when I quit my mm -hmm. job, I was kind of like, wow, I made a huge mistake. I need more time. But at that time, I was like, I just had to figure out what was the next step. And I just kept chugging along. So mm -hmm. it's definitely been a learning experience. And I'm someone that likes to prioritize clinical learning. So this has mm -hmm. been a whole different uh, ballgame for me. This next clip features my friend Alex McBrarty, who is on the show to talk about connecting with clients, being able to create the life that they didn't realize that they could have and how to communicate that. So for context, Alex brings his psychology background to his coaching experience and he finds ways to connect with his clients in ways that they haven't considered they'd be connected with within their fitness and nutrition experience. They come into the experience thinking that it's just going to be about exercise and nutrition based on the experiences that they've had in the past. But sometimes it's that quality of communication and just intuitive emotional intelligence that is the difference maker. When we are thinking about advertising our services or promoting our services to the end user, we have to consider how are we going to encapsulate that client user experience and put that into our content. And as Beverly and Alex discuss, it is not the most straightforward process because oftentimes when fitness professionals are asked, what is it that you do? What service do you provide? It's really hard to articulate that. So what I'm hoping you will gain from listening to this snippet is that we can think about what life looks like for our client if they are successful and we can try and give them a little piece of what that would be through that it creates the buy-in that they're willing to have that first conversation with us and then over time 
we create a lasting connection. When you listen to this segment of that episode, I want you to think about how you describe your service to clients, how you describe what you do to like a four-year-old. What is it that you actually do? What role do you have in a person's life? How do you describe it? How do you allow them to see themselves in that situation? And what are the questions that you ask for a person to tell you what their ideal life looks like? Most coaches don't realize that the problem that they're solving. And and what I mean by that is that your clients have have a problem that they don't realize they had. Otherwise, they would fix it. You know, and so it's, it's very interesting to me that when we're having conversations around, you know, what problem do you solve? People struggle to answer it. And then the second thing is the important of the, the importance of communicating the value of the transformation and how it's not just about the workouts. It's about how you are going to transform essentially from the inside out and that it's going to literally transcend into other areas of your life, of your life. And when you can communicate that, then you, people will be begging to work with you. And I just don't think people realize how important that is. Absolutely. And to your point, you know, I agree. I think one of the biggest mistakes that fitness coaches make, and I certainly made it early on, is believing that the fitness side of it is the end and not just a means to the end. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. I hear a lot of coaches, they kind of start and stop at nutrition, at reps, at sets, at the best exercises, And it doesn't go into account of any of the impact that's actually going to have on this person's life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like you said, they're not addressing the problems that people actually need solved, which is they need to like their life again. They need to wake up on Monday morning and not dread every Mm -hmm. second of it. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to look in the mirror and not hate what they're looking, what's looking back at them. Yes. Right. But you can't write a post that's like how to not hate yourself that because they don't realize that it pertains to them until they realize it pertains to them. Absolutely. So it's that idea of meeting them where they're at, shifting their perspective and then getting them excited for what's possible because it's not fun to be like, hey, we're going to Mount Everest if it feels like you can't even get to the first summit. Absolutely. And it's actually something I have to be very careful of because, as you might imagine, I get very excited when I talk about these people because I see the potential that they have to succeed and to truly get to that other side where they're really living a life that they don't think that they can gain access to. And so you're right, being able to temper it enough where it doesn't suddenly seem like I'm just blowing smoke up their butt about Mm -hmm. what is possible and tempering it to where there's enough conviction and excitement that they start to believe that it's possible even a little bit, mm-hmm. just a little bit, mm-hmm. but they can start to see the path there. The next clip that I'm going to share with you is with my friend, Andrew Hannon. Now to give you some context, I have listened to Andrew's guest appearances on basically every podcast that he's ever been on. So him and I did a podcast together. I believe it was in uh, mid 2020 and i really got to know him and how much he values family now he is a new dad he's a husband 
There's so much that makes up who he is outside of his career. And so in this clip, Beverly asks, what's next? And Andrew dives into some very serious, very genuine soul searching as to a reflection of what is next. And oftentimes we feel uncomfortable putting ourselves in that position where we're in the spotlight and we're not quite sure. We know what's important to us. We know what we value. We know where we've placed a lot of effort, but we have trouble discerning as to which direction that we want to go. And I am going to give you some life experience that I think a lot of people that you admire will relate to. When you're kind of deciding the trajectory that you want to take your career, you almost have to simplify it. And you have to reflect on and think about what parts of your life are the non-negotiables. And for a lot of people that gravitate to this podcast, because Beverly is a mom, you're probably going to be thinking that your family is important. And I think that's the right way to do it. When you are able to prioritize your time and value your time and energy based on family being non-negotiable, it allows you to value the energy that you poured into your career. It allows you to create a bit more of a sense of urgency with deadlines as to your goals. It allows you to understand the need to delegate certain tasks and it speeds up the process towards you seeking out the additional support and resources that you may need to reach a goal because time goes by very quickly. And so through this clip with Andrew, you might get a little bit of an understanding as to how real it is that we have to understand what direction that we want to go. And we're basing that less off of dollar figures and more out of people that we want to spend time with and places we want to be, environments we want to be in. So I hope that you enjoy this clip and be sure to listen carefully for any takeaways. So now as you know, with this new influence in your life, how do you, and, and you have really nailed it in the golf community. So I'm curious what's next for you. What do you see your business evolving to? Yeah, I think the more I learn and again, it's just trying to read up on different things right now, what I'm kind of focusing on is for myself, um, kind of learning how what's kind of next with my relationships, whether it's with my family or with my parents and, you know, how I've kind of perceived myself in the past, which has been, you know, work hard, you know, kind of quiet personality, but it's just like, I don't want to be labeled as that anymore. So it's like diving into books where it's like, I've been reading this book. Uh, personality isn't permanent by, I think his name's Dr. Ben Hardy, where it's just like being, you know, introverted in a way is, is, you know, kind of has a stigma because it's just like, I've kind of labeled myself as that for a long time. I kind of used it, you know, to kind of get out of certain situations where it's just like, I have to start seeing my future self and what I want that to be. And I've kind of used that as a, as a crutch in a way to kind of get out of certain situations or social situations or, but in the, in the end, like I know, um, kind of my limit with certain things in that aspect. So it's just like, I know kind of how to, know decide my way through social settings and through work and I know what the energy it does for me but at the same time like I have to kind of expand that horizon if I want to kind of take the next step whether it's in my personal life or career so it's like kind of learning those things on you know um just anything from from speaking to to more presence in in, in 
whether it's the online space or in-person space and just kind of taking outlets that way. And it might be with golf. It might not be, like I said, I haven't played in a long time. It's not like I lost interest in it. So I just don't have time to play right now. So it's just like to be able to kind of live it, but also still be, you know, an expert in it. Like, I still feel like I have to like do the thing to be an expert in it. I haven't been doing a thing to make it in a simple sense. So it's just like, not that I lost interest or that I'm bored with it, but it's just like, I'm kind of thinking on what, what's next with, um, you know, my career. And again, it might not be the fitness space. It might be, it might just be a different way of teaching. So those are kind of the brain, me kind of spinning that out and the wheels turning, you know, as we sit on this call. That's what I've been thinking about. Oh, that's, that's amazing. So I can't wait. We'll just have to keep an eye on you to see what comes up next for you. This next clip is with Dr. Christine Lee, and she is someone that I didn't personally know before listening to the episode. So I got to listen to it from a whole new lens. And to be quite honest, it's one of the episodes that I really, really enjoyed the most. So when you listen to this clip, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that full episode, but I'm going to explain why I chose this very short segment. Because we've talked about prioritizing different tasks or prioritizing different parts of our business or parts of what we're doing based on values, based on things that are non-negotiable in our life. But oftentimes we, we get this idea, we know what to do, but we're hesitant to do it. And so Beverly asks a question about procrastination and Dr. Christine Lee's answer really got me thinking so I'm hoping that it has that same effect for you would you say that there's a population of people that are procrastinators but don't know it I think we know these things inside Mm -hmm. so I would say no I would say if I had to lean in a direction I would say no that we know I get the, the the other kind of question which is you know, how do you know when you're procrastinating? And I think we know when we're waiting to get a little more creativity out of our brains. And when we're procrastinating, when we're just sitting still because it doesn't feel comfortable and we're resisting. So it's that tension feeling that we need to be somewhere else. And we're creating that tension that I feel is procrastination. And our gut knows it because our gut always knows where we're heading and what we want to do. So mm-hmm. yes, there's going to be that tension feeling immediately as soon as you turn the other direction. This next clip is with my friend Gavin McHale. So in the episode, he had just talked to Beverly about an instance where he got the opportunity to be what would essentially be the backup backup goalie for an NHL team. And in this instance, He was in his town of Winnipeg or city of Winnipeg and he happened to be the backup backup goalie for the Washington Capitals. Now, when we put it into perspective, that is a very elite professional level hockey team. Those people are thinking on a whole nother level. They've got a lot of really important, really big goals to focus on and Gavin brought his A game and that is because he could visualize himself in the situation where he had accomplished his big goals. He's very goal oriented and as he alludes to he would describe himself as being a little woo woo but 
in solidarity, I would say that I myself am probably a little woo-woo as well. And in this clip, you're going to hear Beverly agree too. So if you're still listening, you're likely going to relate to the mindset, the frame of mind, the trajectory, the steps that were in place. And you're going to understand that the fitness industry or the wellness industry or whatever space that you are occupying as you listen to this episode is not too different from being a professional athlete because some people are going to make the cut and some people are not. And our goal through this podcast is to position you to be closer to making the cut than not. So I hope that you're able to understand why I chose this clip with Gavin and maybe be able to make some action steps to get yourself closer to your own goals. The mental stamina you must have had to have gotten that call and been like, okay, here we go. I mean, those are one of those invisible components that I feel oftentimes for anyone, but you know, since we're talking to coaches here, that that is so important, but never talked about. So I'm curious how that moment and those moments and that experience impacted you as a person and how you've been able to carry it through your business. Yeah. So I'll tell you first, like one of the things that a lot of people don't know, and I was telling a friend a couple of weeks after this happened, I had that year started, I don't know if you've heard of the five minute journal, the practice of, of gratitude practice, the five minute journal. And it's basically like, um, you know, what would make today awesome or, or three things you're grateful for three things that would make today awesome. And every time that I had a game, like when I was scheduled to be the emergency backup, I always said it would be awesome to play in an NHL game tonight. So I was like putting it out there, you know, however woo woo you think it is putting it out there in the universe that I, I wanted Listen, this. We're woo over here. Oh, good. Okay. okay. <laughs> I can, I can let my freak flag fly here. Let cool. it, let it go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, I was putting it out there in the universe that, that this is something I wanted. And I was also, and I think this is one of the reasons I was chosen for this is I was staying, I don't want to say like ready, ready for it. I was skating regularly and, and making sure that I was keeping up that I was working out like I was a personal trainer. So I was, I was in good shape. And, and I think that's one of those things that's, it's kind of hard to find when you're looking for it as the, the, the team is like someone who is still committed to the sport somewhat and is still in shape, you know, they're not drinking beers the night before or whatever. So I think putting myself in that position energetically allowed me to um, be able to handle that. And I think, in terms of how I've taken that experience, the first thing that I take from that experience that I mentioned already is no matter what position someone's in, whether they, you know, can help you make a whole bunch of money or, um, you know, they're a potential client or they're the janitor at the gym you work at, treating them like they're a part of the family, like treating them like a real person, I will never forget the way that, that those guys treated me when they easily, that organization could have, I, they didn't need to give me a Jersey. They didn't need to do anything. They treated me so well. So just like how, and this, our mutual connection, Chris is a huge proponent of this, like how you make people feel and how you treat people matters more than anything. And my, my first thing when I was a personal trainer, always before anything else was 
make it the best hour of their day. And if I could do that, like I would always have a business, you know, make that personal training session the best hour of the day. So that's one of the things. And the other thing that I've carried through is what's the saying is like, um, luck is when like opportunity meets Mm -hmm. preparation preparedness. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I, I mean, this, this has happened to like a handful of people on the face of the planet where Mm -hmm. you work your regular job and then you get thrust into a professional hockey game. This is like, this is like someone, you know, you're in, you're in New York. This is like someone working all day on wall street and then getting thrown into pitch. Like (laughs) what? I know you're ridiculous. (laughs) it's unheard of. Right. So I count myself lucky at the same time. I also know that like staying, as I say, like staying within striking distance of those big, crazy goals is something that is super important, whether it's for your fitness or for your business or, or just for life being like, no matter how crazy it sounds, like what if you were ready for it, if it did happen, like what, what would happen? You know, and, and I, I don't know how ready I was, but I was at least within striking distance to be able to capture that opportunity and, and essentially, you know, not vomit all over the place. <laughs> I mean, at least you didn't have to go into the actual game. Yes. I actually am th- thankful for that because I get to have this story and I don't have to worry about the fact that like, maybe I let in a goal or like, like lost the team, lost the team, the game or something. This next clip is with my friend, Jake Boley. Now, Jake has spent a lot of time as a writer, a content creator, but it wasn't always that way. He has a background as a coach. He has lots of education under his belt and he was just passionate about what he wanted to set out and do. On a trip to New York, he talks about what got his foot in the door in terms of writing. Now, what I want to highlight here is oftentimes the excuses that we make for ourselves when we are growing our career, when we are looking to grow our business, when we are focusing on becoming a better coach or becoming a better professional, we're thinking if we haven't seen somebody else do it, it's impossible. What Jake makes clear for you in this short little clip is that sometimes if you think outside of the box it works out and it's not to say that it's a guarantee but having this at top of mind knowing that if you are consistent in your actions and that if your effort is at a high level and if you are showing up you probably make something work out and you might be the first person to ever do what you did you might be the first person to take the approach that you did. What helps is having other people who have taken those similar risks, had that same confidence in themselves and applied themselves. My hope is that you will understand that we don't have to fit into a box in this industry, that we can always lean on others for support, and that sometimes just showing up, 
makes all the difference. So after Regis and Kelly, like I was on cloud nine. I'm like, this is so sick. Like New York city is for me. So I was like, mom, like I'm going to go to the Rodale offices, the publisher of men's health, women's health and whatnot at the time. And I was like, I'm going to go in there and ask about internships. Like, mind you, I'm a high school. I haven't even gone to college yet. So I walked, <laughs> to, I walked to this office, not having a fucking clue. And the guy at the security desk is like, like, dude, you can't just go up there. Like you're a kid off the street. Like you don't have an appointment. So then I'm like, oh, okay. And the receptionist ended up walking by. Um, and I basically ended up like giving her my whole spiel and life story, whatever. And she invited me up. So I got to go talk to like the PR guy at Men's Health at the time. And that was like pretty much like sold. So long story short on a tangent, it was an interesting day in New York city that eventually would lead me and like drive me to like make my whole identity into this move eventually out to New York where I would eventually live for like eight to nine years. This next clip is with Sherelle Grant. She's Australia based. I had actually first heard about her through another podcast and I started to follow her. And Beverly and I both agreed that she would be perfect for the PT Profit Podcast. And I'm going to explain my reasoning for what makes her such a great guest. There is so many instances where we're looking at the industry and we're feeling like it's saturated. Like there's way too many professionals and that there's just no space for us as individuals to be successful. And the truth of the matter is somebody out there needs you to be successful in order for them to be supported to be healthy to be strong to be just taken care of because you are the person that they need so in order for you to reach them you need to be successful and so it sort of puts a little bit of accountability on you to hone your craft to ask for help to understand that we can't do all these things on our own. There's a common phrase that I often refer to, and it is teamwork make, makes the dream work. And that is essentially what we are doing in this episode today. Beverly had a little bit of a hoarse voice, so she leaned on me, and I filled in the gaps of this podcast. Teamwork makes the dream work. What I want you to take away from this episode is that Sherelle addresses that there wasn't necessarily a person that like reminded her of her when she went to look at going into pursuing strength training. And then when she was looking at bodybuilding, she didn't really relate to what she had seen at first until she saw something new that really spoke to her. So what you can take from this is whatever product or service that you have to offer. Even if your local market is super saturated, there is a very good chance that there are people that are waiting for someone just like you to help them out. If you enjoy this segment of the episode with Sherelle, I highly encourage you to listen to the other parts of it. So go back, listen to the episode to understand how she learned more about women's health and how she is looking to input that life experience into the industry. Because it's big things like that where people actually make like a ripple effect on the industry and influence future fitness professionals that... Uh, is deeply meaningful because that means that you're not just changing the industry by yourself, but you're changing the other people who are in turn going to change the industry. I hope that you enjoy this clip. Talk to me about your, your competing journey. 
what was that like? Because competing is very intense and it mm. takes a mental toll. So I'm curious, you know, and, and you're doing this during a time of while you're working as a midwife. So mm. I'm very, I was, I'm curious of, you know, what that experience was like for you, what you learned from it and how it really propelled you into helping women and specialize in women. Yeah. So my competing journey or even like my lifting uh, career started when I was probably, I was, I call myself like a late bloomer to the gym. I was probably 21 when I actually started lifting. Um, I got into the gym pretty much to enhance my running. Like I started to get like some ankle issues and um, my running coach at the time said to me, you know, you should probably work on your strength and do some resistance training to complement your running. So that was really what got me into the gym. I was like, I'll just start lifting some weights and working on some of these other areas to get become a better runner and surely over time I started to see my body change in ways that like I responded really well to lifting because I had that grit and that drive just to show up and put the work in um, and I did like just a generic 12-week program like what everyone does and in that 12-week <laughs> time I saw so much change and I started to slowly enjoy the lifting more than running and I just found myself naturally maybe over like a 12-month period spending more time in the gym lifting um, than what I was running and I slowly just started to be like I think I'm done with running I remember doing my last half marathon and making a time that I'd been working towards for ages and then just going I felt this sense of like completion where I was like I'm finished with that like I have nothing it running has nothing further for me to um, accomplish that I wanted to do here what's next uh and then with the lifting like there's so many different skills and ways of training and programming styles and things that you can explore and I just love that side of it like growing up at, like in my early 20s through training I was always on like bodybuilding.com and t-nation like looking up the next latest articles and ways in which I could improve my squat or my deadlift or accessory work etc and that's where I started to develop like that big interest in hypertrophy per se and when I was training, like in my first maybe 12 months, there was this like older guy at the gym who I used to call Gym Dad, because uh, every time a guy would come up to me and talk to me, he would pretend to be my dad if they were like hitting on me. So it was like this sort of weird relationship that we had. Um, but he was like my first mentor when I look back. He was like my first like lifting mentor. He was like an old school bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. um, and you could see that I would always come in and I was training early and, you know, I was obviously training hard and training intensely. And he would like mentor me sort of under his wing a little bit. And he always drilled into me. He's like, have you ever thought about competing? And I'm like, no, I could never do that. I could never do that. And he's like, okay, yep, blah, blah. another couple of months. He's like, you sure you haven't thought about competing? And I'm like, no, nah, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Anyways, and he just kept saying it. And in the time, this is sort of when social media um, was like, you know, blossoming and Instagram. And mm -hmm. uh, I started following some of these incredible athletes that competed with the WBFF. Uh, which stands for world beauty, fitness, and fashion for those who don't know. Uh, and it's a different type of competing, right? So I think bodybuilding in general gets such a bad rep um, because of a lot of the different federations that might um, honestly reward like, I don't know, like a look that majority of people would go, wow, that's 
so far or so extreme and bodybuilding is extreme don't get me wrong but there's a federation or certain federations out there that do have a particular look and one of them that was that I was attracted to was the WBFF because they wanted women to still look beautiful and uh, athletic and full and not you know the word I want to use is almost gaunt you know how some people they're on stage and they're very much like a skeleton right and that's what the extreme of bodybuilding is don't get me wrong but that's what I wasn't attracted to so when I saw this other way I was like I didn't know there was other federations that had this other look in this next clip my friend Jason Lienerts goes over his origin story he calls it the reader's digest version so for context, if you were to look up Jason Leonard's on your favorite podcast provider, you will find a lot of different versions of stories that he has. So he has battled drug addiction. There's been so much adversity that he's faced in his life prior to being a coach. And there's just so much character to be taken from it. It has helped him as a fitness professional. It's helped him as a business owner. And he's really been able to lean into who he is as a human being, which I think sometimes we get scared to do. So I wanted to include this piece because A, it gives you an example of how to really stand out when you are on a show. This is an episode that has gotten a lot of attention. And it's an episode that... A lot of people are going to kind of feel seen. They feel like they can relate to it. They don't feel like they have to be perfect, but they can feel like they can show up as they are. So if you're looking to get on podcasts, I would definitely take into consideration how Jason shows up in his introduction. It captivates. It is quick, concise. It allows the conversation to get rolling without leaving out too much context and it makes a stranger feel like they know a little bit more about him. If you are interested in the rest of his story, I highly recommend checking out that episode. But in the meantime, check out this clip and see what I mean. Growing up, I was not much of an athlete. I was really into music. So I thought I was going to conquer the world with guitar and a microphone. And uh, my... Uh, my, my cost of living was a little bit higher than what that lifestyle would let me afford. So it, I always had another job that was in the back that was like, okay, well, this lets me buy the clothes that I want and have a car and all that other stuff. And I, uh, as a sort of a byproduct of being really caught up in music, I also developed a pretty nasty drug addiction for about 10 years. And in the midst of that is when I fell into fitness in a roundabout way. So I had a, one of those sort of epiphany moments um, early in that a uh, decade of drug addiction, where I looked in the mirror one day and I said, I should do something about this. So I started lifting weights and lifting weights then phased into maybe I should eat better and then wait for it. Then I finally got off drugs and I've been clean since 2006. So I, uh, I got a part-time job shortly thereafter in a gym because I wanted a place where I could train for free. My degree is actually in business management. So most of my work experience actually came uh, running retail stores uh, up until I started to get into training as a side, side hustle, essentially. And one of the things that I really despised about working at a gym was I didn't like how manipulative a lot of the sales tactics were to get people to sign on the line and you know commit to a membership. And so I found that I was al already kind of giving people fitness advice, being a salesperson in a gym. So I went to the head trainer and I said, look, I, 
I want to find out more about being a personal trainer. So where would you point me in the direction of? And he said, well, you know, here's some organizations you should look into. And he gave me the pros and cons about each and where I was, you know, with my degree and with life and everything. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to go and get certified. So I did that. And, um, you know, life circumstances being what they are, I had a lot of really cool things and a lot of really not so cool things happen sort of all at one time. And it allowed me to open up business of my own. So since 2009, I've been the owner of Revolution Fitness and Therapy. We are just a brick and mortar, what we call semi-private personal training facility in good old, well, today it's sunny Stowe, Ohio. And, uh, yeah, so we've been doing that for the last 13 years. And that is, a uh, that is a Reader's Digest version. <laughs> you made it to the end of the best of 2022 episode. Now, to be quite honest, we could have packed so many more nuggets into this episode. So with that said, what I would encourage you to do is take time to start looking at some of the other guests that have been on the show. Find one that resonates with you. And I'm going to leave with you some career advice that I have learned through my experience as a podcast host, but also in the time leading up before I became a podcast host. As I was learning to grow as a trainer, as I was trying to improve my skills and grow my income, I just became passionately interested in learning people's stories because I found that I was willing to listen to the entire story from start to finish. I would hear things that I wouldn't expect to hear. Reading the description of the episode wasn't enough for me to understand what I was in for. So I went into it with an open mind and I started to notice that there is lessons to be learned from just about anybody, from anybody's show, from anybody's podcast. And it changed my career. It inspired me in turn to become a host because then I wanted to host these conversations, ask these unanswered questions that were on my mind, which in turn grew my brand, which in turn is what gave me the experience to assist Beverly with her projects. If you have enjoyed this episode, what I would ask of you is, if you're listening on Spotify, there is a star icon where you can leave a five star for us. We'd really appreciate that. It helps the show grow. It's just a quick click. The other thing that you can do while you're there is you can click on that uh, subscribe button. So what that'll do is it just gives you the little bit of a notification when we are releasing new episodes. You can expect episodes to come out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Now, if you are an Apple Podcast listener, you have an even bigger opportunity to leave a written review with your five stars. So depending where you're from, if you were to leave a review and you're based out of the U.S., you're going to help us rank up in the charts in the United States. If you're in Canada like I am, you're going to help us rank in Canada. It's something that goes leaps and bounds for a podcast host. It's something that really helps basically everybody involved. Knowing that you listened allows us to cater to you with the guests that you want to hear from. It allows us to ask the questions that may have been left unanswered. And it just goes a long way. Oftentimes what happens is we forget to ask for the ways that we can be supported. So if you are looking for support in your business, be sure to reach out to Beverly. She's been someone who has made a dramatic impact in my career. 
she has definitely been someone who has changed the careers of many other professionals in the industry. So I genuinely would say keep an eye on everything that is coming out down the pipeline in the future. Go into the show notes, the episode description, and join the group. And hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for tuning in, and it'll be back to Beverly for the next one. Thank you for listening to the PT Profit Podcast. If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So it would be a huge service to us if you would please leave us a review and share with your friends on your social media channels. When you leave us a review, be sure to take a screenshot of it and email that screenshot to my team at info at bsimpsonfitness.com. And we'll send you a very special Instagram podcast that will show you how to create compelling content so that your ideal clients come to you and you go from wanting clients to a wait list of clients ready for your services. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.